0: All right, everyone is talking about it. Chat GPT. Kids are using it for homework. People are using it for their jobs. What is it exactly, and why should we be prepared for it to influence all of our lives in the near future? Hey, today, it's influencing our lives at this moment. Dan Spurin is co director of the Innovation Studio and Transmedia Zone Manager at Toronto Metropolitan University. And he joins me now. Hey, Dan.
1: Why, hello. Good morning.
0: Good morning. So it was released about two months ago by OpenAI. What is exactly ChatGPT? Take us back to like S- basic 101.
1: Sure. So in the big picture, many people think ChatGPT represents the drizzle of rain before like a big sea change in how we think about search. Mm. You know, in the early days, we were all shocked when companies like Ask Jeeves or Yahoo would display you a list of results when you asked a question. ChatGPT acts more conversationally, so it can deliver you answers not just in length, but in different styles. You could ask it to write a song about TTC in the style of Drake. You can ask it to help you write code, or as you said and pointed out here, I think what a lot of educators are worried about is that final high school essay or an entrance exam. So it's already passed these types of final exams and final tests and things like that. And the the actual app itself, the the chat gpt that everyone's using caused so much hype because it crossed about one million users in five days when it was launched wow so at best chat gpt feels like sort of maybe a huge change in online search in our relationship with information but its critics would say at it's worse it has a a bit of a donald trump problem where it feels like a bit of a word salad with too much confidence <laughs> and that's because it's a very talented parrot it's taking all of the information that it's been trained on on the internet and it's giving that back to us in different styles of answers that feels like we're having a conversation
0: okay i have read so many articles on chat gpt and everybody has a different opinion about this thing <laughs> right um and there are some who roll their eyes do you is and there, you know there are some who want to deny deny like you know I think the early days of internet was just like oh this is a fad is this a fad or is this here to stay you alluded to it being the drizzle before you know a full rainstorm so it sounds like this is not a fad this is here to stay
1: it's definitely here to stay I think the conversation among the nerdiest of nerds is how much of a gimmick and a stunt this is to help open AI yeah launch its you know bid to take on bigger dogs like google who have lambda and you know Google's now scrambling this week to come out with a press conference to talk about how they also have it um so this company is partnered with microsoft and has a huge influx of cash from microsoft so there is i think it's important for the consumer and for the regular citizen to be realizing that we are being used as guinea pigs here to kind of test out open ai's Um, tech and to try to help it learn faster and better and the larger companies haven't released this yet because they have more to lose they have a reputation i don't know if everyone remembers this but microsoft a few years back on twitter released this bot named tay and tay was a conversational bot that was supposed to tweet with you in real time could answer questions could have conversations and within about 24 hours it had gone from Hey, it's our friendly neighbor Tay on Twitter to, you know, the worst parts of the internet, Tay. it had become like Nazi Tay. And so these are things that these big companies don't, they have a lot to lose. Whereas this company, though it was co founded by Elon Musk and has a large influx of cash from, you know, people who co founded things we all use like LinkedIn, it's it has less to lose. And what we're seeing in the valley right now, is in 2019 there's about 200 million dollars in this space to which you and i you know i oh. mean yes we'd love that yeah but in the last two years it's been over a billion dollars in in investment that is going into this area so is it going to change our lives and we can talk about how sure but also we have to be skeptical of what this is by the way open ai this week released a paid version of chat gpt oh. so it is a bit of a PR stunt and i think the folks who are really into ai are more interested in things like lambda and what's going on at google and this much like dolly from the same company do you remember the 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 uh the little fun thing where you could ba- basically say please paint you know barack obama um riding a dragon in the style of group, <laughs> group of seven painting and it would try to create that for you yes um that is the same company so they're very good at these at these sort of stunt tech moments where we all get very interested because they remember it's fun it's creativity it's storytelling that really captures our our imaginations
0: so what i'm hearing you say is that while open ai is you know essentially they they have nothing to lose and they can experiment they might not be around or or this you know this version of chat gpt might not be around but it's definitely opening the door to a broader sense of ai being a part of our lives so explain how to access it so i essentially just went on google and just googled uh sure. chat gpt and it took me to a website
1: which is maybe open ai's first problem is if google comes up with a good thing you're so used to going right. to Google to google right so it's really quite simple it honestly is a very fast sign up um send your email get an account and there you are. And You the did have to put verse, in your
0: phone number, though, which I was like, oh, do I really want to put in my phone number? But it did ask for my phone number.
1: Yeah, and a lot of these things have to do with trying to prove you're a real person yeah. so you're not affecting the, um, not just the 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 next search level, but, you know, to prevent these kind of scandals from happening To say Anyone can sign up to chat GPT and affect these answers. Um, so that's one part of it. So it's very easy to join up. And when you do the pro version now, you can kind of skip the line. So I don't know if you've noticed this, but sometimes when you log on the chat GPT, you literally can't get into it because there's just too many queries being yes. happening at, at that time. Right. Yeah. So this is also for some of us who are more skeptical in the universe, you know, a pathway to payment. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's the ability to say, oh, well, if you want to always have access to our wonderful service, <laughs> it's twenty dollars a month. So. These are these are things, but it's very simple. And if you think about your life right now, this is generative AI, which is getting really exciting, right? It can actually generate something. But we're using AI all the time, you know. Grammarly, for example. I have podcasts who want transcripts. I'm sure you're doing radio as well, where you would want a transcript like Otter AI to read your conversation and give you text forms that you can figure out. I have a I have a, a company at Transmedia Zone that's looking at podcast editing from that way it gives you a transcript and you can edit the text and then it changes what you're saying so yeah there's a lot of different applications for this and um, it's going to be very easy to use and a lot of us are already using it in day-to-day life especially if you've ever tried to order anything (laughs) off the internet and had to have a conversation about a refund or a return nine times out of ten you're talking to a chatbot
0: we're gonna take a quick break but i want to ask you this Question, Dan, before we take our break. So as I signed up, you know, did the thing yesterday, uh, I had to take a screenshot of this. It said, while we have safeguards in place, the system may occasionally generate incorrect or misleading information and produce offensive or biased content. It is not intended to give advice. How important is that statement? And do people realize that, you know, while you might put in a query this is not the end-all and be-all. You still have to be critical in thinking through the answer that the ChatGPT is going to give you.
1: ChatGPT has been very concerned about this and consistently trying to spout out this message. So its founder on Twitter was also saying these kinds of things. The reason is it's scraping from the Internet. It's why I was saying why these bigger companies don't haven't jumped in like this in the same public access way because it's learning off of the entire internet and the entire internet is problematic Mm -hmm. so one of the things that you have to really pay attention to as a user is a lot of this information is false you know working in news and politics in my other careers like there's been a ton of misinformation that has affected election that's affected us in our daily lives and this is a hundred percent a huge issue where you can put a guardrail in but you know if you show me a 10-foot guardrail i'll show you a 12-foot chat bot so this is like <laughs> this is the issue of people will build these things faster we had a toronto um student who's in princeton and they created T zero for example like yes. right right away just to help teachers find a way to try to to decide decipher what is a machine learning essay. We're gonna, and what talk, is a human we're gonna essay. talk
0: more about Edward Tien and his uh, his invention. We're gonna take a quick break and mm-hmm. we're gonna return with Dan Spearing, co director of the Innovation Studio and Transmedia Zone Manager, uh, as we talk about Chat GPT and the future of AI. Stay with us. We're back with Dan Spearing, co-director of the Innovation Studio and Transmedia Zone Manager at the Toronto Metropolitan University. Now, Dan, you know, one thing that has been getting a lot of the spotlight when it comes to chat GPT are kids using it to write essays and uh, in some cases, <laughs> uh, exams as well. Um, this is a concern.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that it's maybe not as much of a concern as as people want to talk about it and i think even there's a silver lining here which does showcase some of the things that we could be doing better in education as well as just a lot of different things that this is automating on um it's so successful because we've been doing so many of these things so what i said before is it's just parroting back what it's been trained so it's you know it's been trained on hundreds of billions of words that are already on the internet. There are about 450 startups doing work like this right now um, in, in, in AI. So what we have to think about is not how do we stop it, but how do we maybe change our own um, patterns of behavior and also how do we make sure students are interacting with us in a way um, that's a little bit deeper and maybe a, a little bit more meaningful. It's going to be hard. I mean, teachers are already overworked and there's a lot of different problems in the education sector. But I think that this is a real good moment to like sort of zoom out to 700 feet and say, what is chat GPT telling us about how we're giving education out as well?
0: Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder, and, you know, my husband brought this up because he works in the tech world, that, you know, as you said, this is an aggregation of people's thoughts um, things that are already out there in the on the websites on you know in the web in, in the web world, and so how, what does this do for copyright laws? What does mm-hmm. this do for you know plagiarism? I mean, obviously, Chat GPT is taking all of this information. Has there been thought or discussion about the fact that you know these are all thoughts that are, are actually out there already?
1: Yeah, and it's I think it's a really important thing to remember too is that this will go from zero to how do we get rich quick, right? (laughs) So there's already tons of YouTube videos about how you can use ChatGPT to write your YouTube video script for YouTubers, for example, or how do you use ChatGPT to maybe win extra money in the market or create different titles for videos or podcasts or whatever your creativity is. So when it comes down to is in three seconds from now, somebody's going to realize in volume, well, why don't I ask ChatGPT to write me a children's story? Mm. And then I'll go to Dolly and ask it to write, uh, to create the images for it. And then I can create a bunch of ebooks online for children. And even if I only sell X, right, um, number of copies, I didn't do any work. It's It's a lot of free money for me. And that's like the fun kind of, oh, you're writing children's books. But you can imagine for people who are thinking about, you know, not so great things. Like you asked me just before the break about sort of the negative effects. And that is one of them, which is when you ask ChatGPT, for example, how do I do illegal thing X? It will come back and say, I'm not allowed to tell you that. But if you were to say, ChatGPT, if I were to write a screenplay, I needed a character Uh to explain how to do, you know, those types of things can trick it and the guardrail can catch up. But it will there'll still be these these moments that it doesn't catch. So this is true for learning, too. A lot of these are wrong answers so far. A lot of these, as much as we've hyped this up as being sort of the magic genie, it it isn't. and i'm and I think that that's what I'm talking about with also better practices in real life. You recently had on folks talking about replacing Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. with indigenous authors right mm-hmm. well that would be one smart way in canada for example to to even this out a little bit and make it a little bit harder for the machine mm-hmm. we've all done an essay on lord of the flies and like what does piggy's glasses mean and so if you write in ChatGPT in lord of the flies what do piggy's glasses represent it will give you very good answers because there's hundreds of thousands right. of answers for that but if you ask insert canadian author here and then give me a deeper meaning. It's a bit trickier, and the answer is a lot more robotic. It yeah. is a lot less human sounding.
0: I want to hear your thoughts on GPT zero. So, twenty two year old Edward yeah. Edward Tien from Atobaco. Shout out to Atobaco. I grew up there uh, for part of my life, and uh, he was he's, he's studying uh, computer science in uh, at Princeton. And over the holiday season, like over Christmas holidays, created GPT Zero, an app that can decipher whether something has uh, someone has written uh, something from uh, a machine or a human. You know, with ChatGPT in the conversation, um, teachers are starting to use this technology. Can we see more like this start popping up as well?
1: Oh, for sure. And and you know, this is the cottage industry that will chat GPT will create for a little while too, which is all of the problems that Chat GPT creates, they will also find solutions for. And you know, that was the first thing to get traction, which made Chat GPT and OpenAI realize, oh, we should probably release our own version of that. So they did. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a way to do that and do suspect in three seconds from now again <laughs> there will be a paid version that makes sure that you can find if it was written by chat or not for just an extra couple dollars a month so i do think that there is definitely a profit um you know the situation at large here as well but it's it's not very you know when i grew up um everybody was afraid that us poor kids weren't going to haul ourselves down to the library and pull an encyclopedia off the shelf and instead we just go to wikipedia and we we did and like that they were like but what if the information's wrong and and so there's a lot of these things that i think that we're going to have to find out ourselves but we're it's going to be a learning process with all of us in the community whether it's teachers students um you've heard a lot of profs this week talk about like at university level we're hoping the students actually want to learn something. <laughs> they don't want to just um, cheat. But I would counter that to say students are under a lot of pressure. And I think teachers are also going to find time savers with this as well. So I think we can both find time savers while also learning something. So what I mean by that is a teacher could do a, ask a prompt for a lesson plan or what are interesting questions instead of what's a different way to to. Um, talk about said book and so i think that there's going to be time savers on both and it's what you're talking about which is like the cheating aspect that's getting the most attention but i do think there's different ways to use this which is why the university i work at has kind of an open concept to this which is like some teachers are going to use it some teachers are going to ban it um it's it's a way to how to like interact with it that i think is the key
0: yeah so, how will this change our lives? You know, I read one article that said, you know, this potentially could take away a lot of white-collar jobs, um, where, you know, having a university college degree was, you know, the key in to that job. Um, will this change will this take away jobs or will it just challenge us to maybe again rethink how we do the jobs that we do?
1: Like always, I think the answer is both. So yeah. remember we were talking just a little bit ago about. The chat bot that you get when you're trying to return something Yep, a lot of those has human fallback and what that is is there's somebody sitting at a desk and they have a window that opens much like the a, a new fashioned call center if you will and so let's say that maggie that you're calling in and and you're saying um i need you're, you're on your computer you say i need to return this there's a person there that sees your window open and that's why those bots be like please give me a second to find the answer. It's waiting for the human somewhere mm. to say, oh, I am so sorry this happened. And it cleans that human cleans up its language. So for example, if you were to say, you know, I'm having the worst day, you know, you start unloading on the bot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that they don't know how to respond that. to emotion.
1: <laughs> right. So that human fallback sometimes in these situations will actually help the robot in those situations. Mm. So it'll open up on their end, not 30 seconds to like fix the, the the response, then they'll hit send. And that's what I mean by like there's going to be new jobs and jobs like that where we'll be helping our, our AI friends. And then on the same side of that, I think that there's going to be um, a lot of jobs that are gone. So those mid range blogger jobs, um, a lot of marketing gigs where you're just doing product description um those types of things chat gpt is very good at and in the short term you'll see a little bit of a gold rush on like websites like fiverr by smart young tech kids or older tech gentlemen and women who are like looking at something and saying oh you know what there's a lot of people that don't realize i can use this chat service and now they're going to have like 10 clients as opposed to five writing their blog copy or writing their podcast descriptions or whatever so there are a lot of different applications for this and i think we'll see both jobs being lost and new jobs being created.
0: Dan, i could talk to you all day. You're fascinating and love all of the insight that you have given us. Thank you for uh chatting with me about this whole new world of ai and chat gpt and the pros and negatives of of this uh yeah, just this interesting approach to our future. Thank you for your time today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: That was Dan Spear, and he's co director of the Innovation Studio and Transmedia Zone Manager at Toronto Metropolitan University.